you know, when we talk about an interracial couple, obviously that couple has the same value system. That color of skin doesn't matter. It's who the person is. When you talk about same-sex marriages, um, obviously they both believe that it's, you know, fine to uh, desire somebody to get sexual pleasure from somebody who is of the same sex. So those values are the same. When it comes to politics, when you choose, and it doesn't matter which party, but when you choose uh, party A and your partner chooses party B and they don't represent the same things, I do think that's more of a challenge because they're not sharing the same values. This week, we looked at a Gallup poll that showed the views on interracial marriage approval jumped 90% since 1958, which got us thinking, what relationship dynamic is currently taboo but will be accepted in much wider numbers in the coming years? Dr. Karen Sherman joins us to discuss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm gonna keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the original, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Good to be here with you. It's always great to have you on. Um, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is also the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find it, keep it, and make it last. And you can find this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Um, I, so I was uh, browsing around some some news and studies and different things, and I came across one that discussed interracial marriage. And so the concept of today's episode, uh, the topic of today's episode, will be basically like what once wasn't accepted but is now and mm-hmm. where, like, what we might learn from that. Where might the next big change happen? So mm-hmm. this all came about because I saw some new information out of a Gallup poll and, you know, polls, whatever. But I think when the numbers are this drastic, we kind of get the gist. Like, there's, mm-hmm. there's weight behind it. So um, today, 94% of Americans approve of interracial marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was done in July. Um, that's a that's almost unanimous, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The shocking, or maybe not so shocking, thing is that was four percent in 1958. Um, I mean, this is a 90 percent jump mm-hmm. since 1958. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, can you think of what relationship taboo? Uh, currently might be the next one to fall? You know, as I, as I read this question, 
and I have an answer, but I don't know if um, it isn't already being more accepted. And that would be um, single, uh, uh, one person. Uh, uh, oh gosh, excuse me, like, Steve. Like I apologize. single partner relationships. Is yes, that true? single. Yes, single partner relationships or um, having a child out of wedlock. Um, I think there's still a little bit of a taboo on it, mm-hmm. but I think that that is becoming more and more acceptable. Yeah. I, I mean, that's actually a really good one. The, um, multi-partner or like open relationship type dynamic. Is that what you're yeah. referring? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, in my personal life, I know people, uh, who have a like agreed upon open relationship situation. Um, so and the the people who know about it are just like, yeah, that's that's how they roll. Like, yeah, there's not, it's yeah. not it's not a big deal. They've all, you know because it's I, because, because I I just want to add like because it's one it's one thing to have like a relationship where somebody's cheating. It's another thing where this is like the actual agreement and arrangement. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think in general, um, you know, it used to be considered. Um, improper for a woman to create a family on her own. Mm. And that's acceptable now. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, I don't have the numbers, but that's acceptable now. Um, I mean, I was really thinking, okay, what kinds of changes have I seen in my life? And um, the fact that people live together now, and not only is that not taboo, you know, before they get married, not only is it not taboo before they get married, but it's almost like, yeah, you should live together before you get married rather than make a commitment and have children and then have it go south and it becomes much more complicated. Mm -hmm. So I think in general, we are being um, much more accepting of things that, you know, um, 50, 60 years ago was considered absolutely not okay. Right, right. Um, you brought up motherhood, uh, and I, I think I've probably mentioned this in the past, but my sister-in-law, um, she is single, and she adopted a daughter. Um, no, you know, Stephen, all the years we're working together, you've never shared that with me? Really? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so my niece um, was adopted by, uh, so Jess's sister um, uh-huh. uh, adopted um, my niece and she's uh-huh. single and does it on her own. And, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And good for her because that's not easy to have a child with, you know, out having a partner to give you some support. Uh, but again, nobody looks at it anymore and, and freaks out over that. So that's really great. Right. And actually, uh, on the topic of like interracial marriage to like throw another, uh, thing into this, uh, um, my niece, um, was adopted from China. So, and my, uh-huh. and my sister-in-law is Caucasian. So, right. uh, when right. we get back to like the acceptance of interracial marriage being at 4% mm-hmm. in 1958, and here we have a single mother adopting from China yeah. all these years later. And it's like, eh, no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the obvious ones that popped into my mind, cause it was very recent and something that I've lived through is the change of, um, acceptance of same-sex marriage mm-hmm. and it went from roughly one-third in 2007 and today it's roughly two-thirds mm-hmm. acceptance mm-hmm. um so that's i mean that's pretty dramatic doubling and just uh i mean 
just a little over a decade. Um, so this, I mean, this seems like it's faster, and I don't know the the speed at which in 1958 went from four percent to eight percent to whatever. But this seems like minds are changing faster. Does it seem like attitudes are changing faster uh, when they have been given like an opportunity to do so today? Um. I think that because there's the opportunity, people who, um, let's say, have the desire, let's say, for same-sex marriage are more willing to be open about it. And I think that there may have been a lot of people who didn't think it was such a terrible thing, but didn't openly express their acceptance of it until now it's going on more um, laws are changing, etc. So it may have been, of course, this is just my conjecture, that, um, it, yes, given the opportunity, it allows people to express attitudes that they have kept quiet mm-hmm. previously. Yeah. I. You know, one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of times it's not even so much that people have ingrained or set ideas of what they accept and what they don't accept or what's right or Mm -hmm. wrong or whatever. It's just Mm -hmm. that they haven't given much thought to it. Mm. Um, and when you are then presented with a, an argument or an opportunity, uh, they're very flexible and, and once you start making the case. And so if it's not something that you've actually had to deal with or, uh, whatever you, you might based on, you know, your environment or whatever the case may be might just fall in a default position of something like, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not really for that. And then, and then once, when we're talking about opportunity, once people start saying like, well, you know that your neighbor is has mm-hmm. an interracial marriage or is gay or whatever the taboo that we're talking about. And I don't even like calling them taboos anymore. Um, whatever the issue might be. And then you're like, Oh yeah, you're right. Like, that's fine. I don't know why I ever had that Mm -hmm. in my mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when I, I guess when I'm talking about like the opportunity, that's what I'm really referring to is Mm. people not really thinking about it until they're kind of forced to. And then when they have to kind of rationalize why they come to the conclusions that they do, they might not actually hold the positions that when polled, they actually hold. Mm. Good point. Um, the another thought that struck me, which is not totally on on track here, but it would be interesting to me to find out where the people live mm-hmm. who have these more open um, ways of thinking. My guess would be that it's mostly on the West Coast and the East Coast, and that there are probably still sections of the country where these uh, concepts that we're discussing today are still very much taboo. Oh, I'm, you know, the thing that's, uh, and I don't, I don't know the right wording for it, but the thing that always strikes me is how we get set in trying to define what Americans believe in when there mm-hmm. are over 330 some million Americans. And mm-hmm. so there's always going to be segments of the population that believe something, uh, whatever it might be. And, um, because we have so many loud voices Mm. that make it seem, (laughs) that make things seem divided. Um, Mm. 
when you it's look an interesting. at yeah. I, you know, it's like the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but I don't think there's actually as – like there is a lot of divide, but there's not as much divide on a lot of social things as people think. So, for example, there's this like raging war going on about abortion rights in this country, mm-hmm. and when you look at the majority of the country – they all fall pretty much in line with accepting uh, the right for a woman to choose. Mm-hmm. But you would think that it's like 50-50, but it's not. It's not even close to 50-50. Um, but, but, but it, again, it's because we have these like outsized voices that weigh into things. So mm-hmm. um, when, you, when you talk about like where and the demographics and, and all that stuff, and I think it's easy to like – point to the West coast and, uh, and the East coast and say, well, those are liberal bastions of whatever ideology. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I actually don't think, I mean, I recognize there's more conservative parts of the country, but I don't think on a lot of the issues, uh, throughout the country that were as divided as we sometimes are led to believe. I hope you're right. I think the point that you're raising is very interesting, and I hope that the end result is exactly as you're saying, that we're not as divided as it appears. I'm also an optimist. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I was um, – so I'm. this is kind of shifting gears a little bit, but it yeah. actually – transitions pretty well. So I was yes, looking <laughs> I was looking at another study that showed that roughly 70% of married couples are of two people of the same political ideology. Mm-hmm. Um and that means and so when it broke down uh it also showed that roughly 20% included a partner who was registered as an independent mm-hmm. which made it not the same political party but not really the opposing party, right? right. Um right. and that meant about 10% are of opposite political preferences. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, unlike, uh, your, your race or your sexual, um, uh, preferences, um, political party is something that you can choose. Uh, you can't, you Mm -hmm. can't choose the color Mm -hmm. of your skin. So this is obviously different than those first two examples. Mm -hmm. Um, but there is a divide here. Um, and, and in, Again, it's not necessarily that uh, being married to somebody of the opposite political party is less acceptable, but it is not common. Um, do that you... makes sense to me, though. Okay, so um, getting to my question, um, why do you think that is? Is that because uh, we know that partners who believe in the same value structure um, do better off together. And then, and, and I want to s- preface this by saying that I, it's not, I'm not trying to make an argument that one political, uh, mm-hmm. party has a better or more righteous value system. Um, what I'm saying is, and this is what the research shows when a couple believes in the same system, mm-hmm. they, uh, have a stronger relationship. So yes. if you are from yes. two different political parties, when the value system is different, does that make it almost like, I don't want to say impossible, but make it much more difficult to have a strong and thriving relationship? I think so. I think so. You know, when we talk about an interracial couple, obviously that couple has the same value system. That color of skin doesn't matter. It's who the person is. When you talk about same-sex marriages, um, obviously they both believe that it's, you know, fine to 
uh, desire somebody to get sexual pleasure from somebody who is of the same sex. So those values are the same. When it comes to politics, when you choose, and it doesn't matter which party, but when you choose uh, party A and your partner chooses party B and they don't represent the same things, I do think that's more of a challenge because they're not sharing the same values. Um, you're going to be much better at this than I am. Who was the um, political couple who were of different parties? There so, was there was a political couple that was very much in the news, and they were one was Dem and one was Republican. Um, so back in the nineties, it was James Carville and yes, yes, uh, right. Can't remember his. Okay, but yes, that is the couple. Okay, and and, and then recently you had um, George and Kellyanne Conway. Yes, yes, and I've often said to myself before this podcast, how do they manage? Now, I have friends who are very opposed to one another's politics. And I have to tell you, I still question, how is it that that works for them? Because both of them are very, each of them, I should say, are very strong in their political beliefs, which are contrary to each other. Um, so yeah, I think it goes absolutely to the point about sharing values. Does it, uh, does yeah. it go? So, you know, we're, we're, we're actually putting a, a pretty strict definition on what values means here. Um, mm-hmm. could it be that the, the values are more, um, fundamental, um, and less based on any particular policy. So the value being of honesty and integrity and things of that nature, where Mm -hmm. if you believe something different than me about what my right is or isn't, um, as long as I understand that this is a true belief of yours, um, and that is the value that you have integrity in your, in your thought and process, that's the value that we can agree upon. Um, Again, I think it's your optimistic self speaking here. (laughs) And I also believe, and again, this goes to my belief that the country is very divided, um, that given what the present situation is, there is going to be a lot more concern over the values of a particular party than perhaps back in the 1950s, Mm -hmm. for instance, Mm -hmm. where it could be that, okay, you know, you're a Democrat, I'm a Republican. But the mindset back in the 1950s was such that, well, as long as we get somebody or we get people in office who have certain um, ways of doing things, there wasn't as much of a intensity mm-hmm. to really feeling that the two parties are very different from each other in what they want. So I can't go along with what you're saying, Steve. You know, I'd like to think that that's right, yeah. that there is a more underlying fundamental, I respect you, and therefore whatever you believe is okay. Um, and so that value is um 
going to outweigh the differences in our political thinking. I just feel that there is such a, especially if I go back to this one couple, they are very diametrically opposed to this, you know, the things that they post on Facebook and, mm-hmm. and what they believe and everything. So, um, I'm still going to hold to, I think that that makes things more difficult. Is it impossible? No, of course it's not impossible. And I would like to say that if you, we know that the number one trait that makes couples do well with each other is that they have respect for one another. And so if they can, um, you know, say, look, you know, I respect you and you're entitled to your beliefs and they can each do that, then I think that that's great. But when you bring up Conley, for instance, I don't see how those two people really (laughs) respected the other's opinion, given how they each, you know, acted on, on their beliefs. Right. Right. No, I, I mean, I, um, I'm not in complete disagreement with you on this. Um, I, I do, by the way, I I don't want to think people to think I'm some weird Pollyanna that doesn't recognize the divide in this country. I, I do see the divide. Um, I also feel like a lot of it is misplaced because Mm -hmm. of a lack of communication. Um, Mm -hmm. and there are forces that are working, um, to actually put a wedge between us and, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to be cryptic about this. Like, for example, if you read the Mueller report, um, it lays out in great detail and yes, for those wondering, yes, I did read the Mueller report. Um, mm-hmm. it lays out in great detail, um, how Russian troll farms mm-hmm. would, would post things on Facebook, for example, um, to rile up the other side mm. intentionally to, to get other people to engage mm-hmm. um, both online and literally in the physical sense where they would, uh, uh, set up fake meetings, um, on like protesting on this corner. And then literally the opposite corner mm. would, would, um, promote the opposite, uh, so there, like, so when I say like, there's um, outside forces doing this stuff, like I'm, I'm, I'm being very literal in this sense, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and so um, uh, I I agree the divide is there, and and there is the opposition, and the, the temperature in the room is really high right now, um, mm-hmm. but I do think when you get people, when you get neighbors to sit down and have the conversation, um, it's not as big and bad. Uh, because I think fundamentally, uh, most people want the same thing. Um, I think the process has been destroyed and all that other stuff, but anywho, um, I, I agree with what you're saying, uh, about, uh, respect being the, the key ingredient here. Uh, and, and so anyway. now I also, I'm going to preempt your question about, do you have anything else to add? Cause I'm, I'm thinking about it now with belief systems and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about um, couples who are from different religions and marry. Oh, yeah. And again, I think that the overriding uh, feeling must be we love each other, we care about each other, and that is going to supersede the fact that we come from different backgrounds. However... When you are raised with a certain, you know, again, presuming that you've really had a religious background, when mm-hmm. you have been raised with a certain belief system and certain ways of behaving, I think that 
by the time you become an adult, it's hard to just let go of all of that because you've been raised that way. And um, I think that that could create a problem for couples only because there's going to be potential conflict in styles of doing things. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I think I'm, I'm referring more to really religious people yeah. um, because obviously, let's say um, a Jewish person marries somebody who's Christian. They can decide, okay, we're going to expose the children to both religions. We're going to celebrate both religions. You know, We're going to bring in the customs of both religions, and that's fine. But if you have let's say an Orthodox Jew, mm-hmm. and and I recently learned of somebody my age whose parents were a marriage of an Orthodox Jew and a Christian woman, wow. uh, a Catholic woman. And I, I can't even imagine, because we're talking many, 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 many years ago. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine that um, that was not an extremely challenging relationship Mm -hmm. uh, because you're really brought up in a very staunch kind of manner and it just seeps through you as far as the way you look at things and the way you do things. So, so can I ask you to interject really quick here? Um, the way that you're describing this and then going back to like our politics talk and then also going back to, um, same sex marriage and Mm -hmm. interracial marriage, Mm -hmm. this all comes back down to identity, of like, who are you as opposed to what you believe? Mm. Because you can't change who you are, but you can change what you believe. And so when you're talking about religion and you're discussing um, somebody raised a certain way, but, you know, it's like, eh. Like, I was raised Catholic. Um, I, was an, mm-hmm. I was an altar boy. I was confirmed. Like, all that stuff. Um, and it was a big part of my identity growing up. But as I got mm-hmm. older, it became less so part of my identity to the point that like, eh, it, it's, it's not a part of my identity at all. And so um, I think that's where we have gotten with, with when we're talking politics now. And I think where part of the divide is, is because mm-hmm. people have made the red team, blue team part of their identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when you're talking um the Orthodox Jew and the, the, the strict Catholic or Mm -hmm. Christian, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, you can't be that, uh, um, strict and practicing without it becoming part of your identity. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and so I think that's where some of this comes down to, uh, and, and to make that work, I think you accept the identity of who they are, um, but then it would get back to the values of maybe, I don't want to be an optimist here again, um, you appreciate the challenge of your ideas and your convictions. Like that's one of the things that like turns you on in the relationship is that pushback, not, you know, having that friction. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just, but I wanted to add that to me that, is a potentially more difficult uh, relationship if you if you if it's devout on both sides right. than the other things we've been discussing. Yeah, I actually don't disagree with that at all. I do think it would be really difficult because it would be constant, right? Like you'd constantly be uh, having discussions about very fundamental things about 
who you are it's and what not, you believe. It's not only discussions. I mean, I remember when I was growing up, my mother was trying to um, get me to make sure that I only went out with Jewish guys, okay? So the way she did that once, and I'm not um, putting my mother up on a pedestal as mother of the year, but the way mm-hmm. she did that once was she said to me, well, but you eat differently, and I said, what do you mean you eat differently? And and we were not religious. I mean, I ate cheeseburgers. I ate bacon, you know, all of that. <laughs> uh-huh. But she said, well, on their big holidays, they bring a full pig to the table. And I said, oh, please. And she said, no, no, the whole pig and with an apple in their mouth. And to me, that was the most absurd visual. You know, <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe that. But I think that things like that where – You've just grown to do things a certain way. If your partner is doing them in a very different way, it could end up really, you know, um, just not sitting right with you. Yeah. I mean, I think that actually illustrates my my optimism about I don't think the divides are as great as our misunderstandings of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, like I think if you were to co- go and sit down with your neighbor uh, who you – feel may may not see the world the same way you do they're not going to have the pig with the apple in the mouth on the table and you'll be like Mm -hmm. oh (laughs) it's not as bad as i thought not that we agree or whatever and by the way i love pork i just couldn't (laughs) imagine seeing the entire pig but i couldn't i i don't like seeing the whole turkey either so maybe that's the problem i just don't like seeing the whole animal yeah Um, okay. So let's, let's talk solutions here a little bit. Okay. Um, if you're a couple and you are dealing with outside pressure because your relationship does make others uncomfortable. So let's, I mean, whether that is, um, let's say politics, you know, like if you have a bunch of super conservative friends or uh, super liberal friends and your spouse is not of that ilk, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. what is your recommendation uh, for you to either engage or ignore that those outside pressures? Well, it depends, Steve. Oh, I don't my goodness. want to slip that in. Yeah. I mean, look, it depends on who the people are and how important they are to you. Um, you know, to me, the first thing that comes to mind is um, the interracial couple or the gay couple mm-hmm. getting married and the reaction of their parents. And if their parents are not open-minded or respectful or accepting, that's going to create a lot of pressure. And I think that how much you put up with depends on how important these people are to you. It may come to a point where you basically aren't involved with these people. Mm -hmm. And to me, if somebody is not accepting you and really is just giving you a very hard time because of, you know, their own issues, you may have to part ways at least for a while. Now, this woman that I was just telling you about whose father, um, and she's my age and her father was Orthodox Jewish and, um, the mother was a devout Catholic. She said that the grand, her grandparents didn't accept the couple but when she was born, they softened a bit because there was the grandchild. Uh-huh. Yep. So, but but again, you know, um, when you've got pressure from people who are important to you, it's going to create a lot of conflict for the couple. Mm-hmm. So this actually segues into my final question for you. Um, when when that pressure 
begins to impact your marriage. Um, is there a way to protect it um, outside of cutting off communication with, with those who are just unaccepting? Well, I think obviously you have to talk to each other, hear each other out, um, respect each party's reaction to the pressure. And um, you know that I believe blood talks to blood. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if let's say it's the guy's parents um, who's giving them a hard time, he's got to be able to go and talk to them and set some boundaries. Um, But if the uh, parents are just totally refusing and just continuing to create trouble, it may mean that you have to insulate yourself by not having as much to do with them. Mm. Okay. And I don't, that's not something I recommend lightly. Right. But if you have really tried talk, you know, first you talk to each other, understand, you know, how your partner is feeling. Um, try to come up with, you know, well, we see them less or, you know, um, we limit how often we, you know, how long we speak to them on the phone, et cetera, et cetera. But if everything that they're doing is not working, it may mean that you do have to, you know, limit your, your uh, contact with them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That, uh, that seems fair. Um, You've already given us the one last thing, so I'm not going to go there. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I do want to thank you for your time and a lovely conversation as always. So thank you so much, Karen. And, and thank you, Steve. Uh, before we go, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information and more at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, you can find this information on our website, hitchmag.com, where we have uh, the complete podcast archive, um, thousands of uh, our articles available to you for free and more. So please check that out again, hitchmag.com. Okay, that is going to do it. Until next time, take care, everybody. Tonight.